0: Hello
1: and welcome to Dad and Sons, the uh, a train wreck. Nice
0: improvisation, there, George.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm George Weedman. I'm here with those two friends of mine that you just heard, Liam Edwards. Hello. And Matt Visual. Hey, if you're new, this is your first episode. We we talk about.
2: What do we talk about on this show?
0: I don't know, but you think you think after seventy three episodes we would be <laughs> at least sort of semi professional? We,
2: we really yeah. need to nail that. We we can't we can't be one of those podcasts where we just like do inside jokes for for two
1: hours and and oh no! To be fair, we don't. We 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 thought about this problem ahead of time, and, and yes. this week we're rolling out a new feature, a new audience participation segment that we're going to front load in some episodes uh, every other week or so, in which basically we're going to just rapid response through a bunch of Twitter replies to a uh, 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 panicked assumption over over what should be filling up our time in the beginning here.
0: It's weird because we should we were like wondering how this would go, but it seems that our tweet got. Like hundred and fifty plus replies, so we're not going to go through hundred and fifty of them. Uh, but <laughs> we'll try.
1: All right, you guys, you guys ready for this? I'm going to start reading down replies. Let's rock and roll. All right, oh my God. <laughs> okay, for listeners who are unaware, last night just before I went to bed, which which meant just before waking up and recording this podcast, I asked Twitter, "Quick, Twitter, think fast, reply with what you want us to talk about on the podcast tomorrow." <clears throat> okay, you guys ready?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh,
1: first response, <laughs> me. Wait, you!
2: Second response Naked men. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about the gym again.
0: I think we should
1: read the people's names, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, third response th- by Milo Milo, um, um, this please with a link to the play date, um, which, actually, yeah, we will be talking about that in the news section. We will. You need to slow down here, George. Griffin Melson says, Carly Rae Jepsen's new album. Not heard it. Not heard it. <laughs> Jack Havoc says, backwards compatibility. With what? <laughs> Lex says, the environmental politics of Final Fantasy VII.
0: Oh. <laughs> what? Separif did nothing wrong. Which is for Fisher says, video games. <laughs> <laughs> Equal good times.
2: I'm sure it is a video essay of, of Final Fantasy VII's environmental problem.
0: Oh yeah, no. Like- I'm, su- I'm also sure there's a video essay that just says, video games, question mark. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. This is a video this essay is... for everything because that's like the new thing now.
0: <laughs> I've, I've noticed that Final Fantasy
1: VII's environmental politics seems to be a uh, a hot topic on Twitter these days. It's it's funny having having a blast from 1997 just just hit me in the face again, but it's uh, used as like <laughs> fodder for you, for the did whether or did... not games can be political debate. You know. I'm
0: sorry. Can I just can we just go back to what you just said? No, having a blast from 97. 19- <laughs> <laughs>
1: You ever, like, s- rifle through some old childhood belongings and you find a-, a juice box of of Tang from 1997 and you're a little curious Dang. as to what it tastes what like? What is Tang? You don't know what Tang is?
0: I have no tang- idea what Tang is. All right, is.
2: Let, let's, let's get something straight. Yeah. Tang was better than Kool-Aid. Uh, okay, I'm just going to gonna go fair, ahead and say
0: that. I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret, guys. Yeah. I don't even, I don't really, really know what Kool-Aid is either.
1: Whoa. It's uh, is, is sugar. Sugar inside of water. I I, I can yeah, yeah. guess
0: what it is. I've seen uh, it in
1: enough like in-joke media. It's powdered drinks.
2: It's powdered drinks, basically. You put the powder in the water, and for Get Kool-Aid, water. you had to add sugar. Fire. Yeah. And it would make juice out of your water. So... Oh. It was like a cheap way to have juice as a kid. Massive, massive amounts of juice. I didn't have a lot of Jewish friends growing up, come to think of it, So
0: is, ah, I always wondered why the Kool-Aid man was a jug.
2: Yes. So he was, he was pre-powdered. The Kool-Aid man.
0: Ah, because I always wondered why he was a jug. I was like, does everybody just pour the soda out of a can into a jug for like some unknown reason?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Back to Twitter, George. Oh, oh, shit, um, um, Cass Fireborn
1: says, devs who get mad at the user base for playing their game wrong. Wait, wait, who, who is the powder for the Kool-Aid? Is, is that another character?
0: No, but that's what I'm wondering. Is that actually the Kool-Aid? Is that
2: another character that we just didn't get to see?
1: What was it like having people, people play your game and they didn't do it right?
0: Uh, it's frustrating, but, you you know, that's your fault as a designer, I guess. Well, it's also, it's a a very much expected
1: part of the playtesting process to... to (laughs) Like, basically set yourself up for players to be like, "Oh, you're doing something I wasn't expecting to." Oh,
0: good, yeah. Like, yeah. No matter how many which ways you test or play something, people will freaking find new ways to play. Like within 20 minutes of you releasing something, it just happens. But to get frustrated at that, that is a bad idea.
1: Uh, uh, Connor with Thanos says, "You could talk about your personal stupid idea for video game cinematic universes."
0: Oh, <gasps> damn it. You got a cinematic universe idea, Liam? Can we have, like... Do you know how, like, Jump Force took place in, like, real-world Manhattan? <laughs> it did? You know, you know, well, kind of. It was, like, real realistic anime graphics, wasn't it? Jump Force looked really weird, right? Yeah, yeah, like
1: a Sonic in real Imagine life.
0: Imagine the Yakuza version of Japan. Yeah. But with Smash Brothers. Wait, it, what? Yeah. Yeah, I could... Wait,
1: what? I could, I could see
0: it. I could see it. Wait, what? Imagine, like, a really gritty-looking... Pikachu. Oh wait, it's already out there. <laughs> and and the, the Yakuza the, the Tokyo as
1: depicted in the Yakuza games like a little quirky, a little fun. Exactly. Imagine like,
0: you know, Kazumakiru like punching the shit out of like Doctor Mario.
1: It's it's like a cute kind of gritty.
0: I still think it should go for like disgusting jump force esque graphics though, just to make it weird.
1: Video game cinematic universe.
0: I, I, You know what? We made a battle royale out of Tetris.
1: Let's make a cinematic universe out of Tetris next. No,
0: no. Aren't they making a Tetris no. movie anyway?
1: They are. And I think for one, a, a chunk of a couple months, it was actually planned to be a trilogy.
0: Oh my God. It has a lot to live up to considering the best Tetris sketch ever is that college humor one.
1: Anti-Nomi says butts. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. i I'd like all kinds of butts to be honest. Yeah.
0: I've seen George's butt. Wait, what? Wait, Wait, did I have my butt out in your house, come to think of it? I don't think you had your full butt out.
1: I'm a little jealous.
0: You sure had, like, no jeans butt out.
1: Were you tempted to grab, I think I remember changing pants at one point, but I don't ever remember lowering boxers below, like, the the upper crack. The the upper crackle region is something I keep to myself, usually.
0: The crackle region. (laughs) Like it's its own country. (laughs) <laughs> you must not enter upper crackle region. You are barred from entry. Space Channel Dome says Team Sonic racing is oddly enjoyable. Cool, mm. I kind of am interested to play it. I liked, uh, what was the, f- the, not the second one, the first one. The second one was the one that oh. had Sonic All Stars Racing Transmorgified? No, no, not Transformed. I didn't, I didn't get on with Transformed. I like the first one, though. It was a nice surprise. I wonder if this one's any good. Well, the, the one like question I have
1: about that, that tweet is, is it being oddly enjoyable, because even though, like, Transformed is... they're still all fine. Like y- It's oddly enjoyable because it's a Sonic game. Ah, uh, yeah, I was just about to say, because of all the Sonic games out there, the kart racers are the ones
0: that have been reliably... fun. Yeah. <laughs> good old Sonic Team. Terrible at everything but cart racing, man. <laughs>
1: Oh, Chance Minyard asks, what will it take for mobile gaming to be taken seriously in Western countries like it is in many Eastern ones? Nah.
0: Matt, would it mean putting Pillars of Eternity on it?
1: Huh. Path of Exile?
0: Oh, Path of Exile, not Pillars of Eternity.
2: <laughs> P.O.E., P.O.E. P.O.E. It's a lot of good games that uh, started off there. Monument Valley, I'm pretty sure it started True. off on. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, Super Brothers, Sword and Sorcery. Like, I, I just don't think those games are really shouted out to you know, on the top of the roof. It's because
0: they released on other platforms and everybody was like, oh, I'm just going to play it here instead.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. I think it was a while before it released on PC.
0: And and
1: one thing that you have in Asian countries is is the, the trains and the public transit and portable consoles have always been super popular over there, more so than, than places where you drive cars everywhere.
0: And yet the Switch, I rarely ever see one out in public. Yo, I... God, I
1: fucking... Mm, I bring mine down to the gym still and I...
0: God, love that thing. Anyways.
1: <laughs> that's, that's risky.
0: I was going to say, just the image of George riding the bus to go to the gym with his little switch. Turning up in a like room full of swole-ass men and George just sneakily putting his switch away. <laughs> like like cloud at the spa.
1: Oh shit. Um Dr. Sue says Anime Titty. Just one. We
0: had that we had that episode. A- Aging
1: Foreigner says historical accuracies in Guild Wars 2.
0: Meh. <laughs> Complete silence.
2: <laughs> Don't no. That's more of a question for the lore guy. <laughs> I to be honest, I remember Kantha being very inspired by like Japan, but I don't know for like the main, the main (laughs) juice. Yeah, I don't know any of that stuff, man. (laughs) Go to potatoes.
1: Dan asks, do you scrunch or fold toilet paper? A bit of both. What? I I fold. I definitely fold. Wait, wait, I'm confused because toilet paper comes in a roll. How do you, what do you, what what are you folding it for? Oh,
0: you fold it, you fold it over.
2: See, alright, so it depends on how much padding you like. See, I yeah. don't like it to tear while I'm pushing <laughs> it yeah. into and my you ass. You your
0: finger to, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, if you yeah. buy cheap brand toilet paper and you don't I, pad that enough, your finger is going right in your anus. That's what
1: they're talking about. Yeah, okay, I, <laughs> whoops. I prefer... You don't want to do a whoops, you know?
0: <laughs> I, I prefer the circular radial
1: coverage of the scrunch myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit of both. I'm, like, a neat scrunch. I'm, I'm halfway in between. I just never even realized it. Like, this is something I hadn't
1: thought about before. I didn't even know what the question was until you guys had to clarify. But yeah, no, I'm a scruncher. I'm a scruncher. <laughs> I, I, I tend to count the squares, you know, and, and it depends on what type of
2: quality toilet paper I end up getting. Because sometimes I just forget. I'm like, which count toilet the paper
0: squares. do I get? And then I get it and like, no, this is the cheap guy.
1: You like to min max it, yes. Make sure that all your points are optimized, yes, yes. See, if
0: you live in Japan, you rarely even need it.
2: Oh, you have the 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 thing that shoots into your ass, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, the NVIDIA Ass Blaster GTX. Instead of a finger, you just get water. I
2: don't, I don't understand because I'm so I don't know how it works. I've never had it that it cleans everything and the water that shoots into you is clean. I don't get that. and yeah. how yeah, wet your butt is!
1: Like I don't—it
0: comes from the sink. No, that's the thing—is right. It, the, you end up using less toilet roll. You still use toilet roll because you have to wipe away the excess water, per se. Right. But you're as you're pretty much as clean as a whistle. Cleaner than you ever would be. You 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 wiping use the, your own ass.
1: The toilet more for for the water than the uh, uh, old meals. Oh God! Oh Next. God!
0: Question. (laughs) What
1: what do you think the Quest and the Index, respectively, will do for the VR industry?
0: Quest will do amazing things I don't even know yet. Well, Um, the Quest just came out, released with
1: some positive reviews. However, I am surprised that I'm not seeing a lot of people in in gaming forums, like on uh, Slash Our Games and Reset Era, talking about it that much. Ah, That's weird. That's not what I expected.
0: But I have seen a lot of developers only be excited about the quest which means in the long run i feel like the quest is probably gonna be pretty big it it, it might
2: it might not be for the people who are on the forum.
0: yes which is usually why it might be successful which
1: is weird because it's what people have been asking for right like a portable cheaper more more polished VR console itself that's standalone. It seems like it's doing everything right. I just thought this would appeal to, you know, the hardcore, oppressed gamers more more than it turns out to have. And It's weird because I'm still interested. I am more interested, I think, in the Oculus Quest and that, that uh, Star Wars lightsaber game than I am in most other things going on I right now. I did see a
0: video of the Valve Index today where the controllers have like... I don't know how the other ones work, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but... The Index Controllers, you hold them like they're gripped around the middle of your palm. Right. And then if your fingers, you can completely release your fingers off them, and it tracks where your fingers are and Correct. knows how extended your fingers are. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can do closed grips and open grips, but the like yeah. one-to-oneness of it was amazing.
1: So you can like fiddle with handheld machines now, that's going to be yeah. really cool. that's pretty which, good. Which, which good. you know, are going to be guns.
2: If, if people want to see how that works, I would recommend going to the Node channel. It's the same guys who do, um, oh, God. Uh, they do all these, like, um, CGI short films, you know, like Freddie Wong. Um, oh, and, okay. mm-hmm, and they, uh, they're the ones who created, like, uh, I think it was like Junkyard Rats or, or something like that, uh, a VR game where he's basically, you're using the knuckles, um, the VR uh, hand things, the controllers to like grab a box and actually pull it towards you. Like, it feels natural. Like, that was the most ridiculous thing. Like, opening a box and pulling it next to you using your hands. And you're seeing your hands move
1: in the VR game. Nice. I, I just, even in last gen, I remember how sur- last year, current gen VR, on PlayStation VR, on the, um, London Heist demo, they modeled your in game hands so that they look like the pose your hand is holding the controller in real life in. And it's so surreal and, and satisfying looking at virtual hands that match up with your real hands. That's, 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 it, it, it's something that seems small, but turns out to have a lot of big gameplay potentiality and immersion uh, uh, boosting up because of it it's 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 going to be exciting i'm I'm worried though that the uh interest from mainstream hardcore gamer crowds with lots of money to throw around is waning that's That's my real concern i guess at this point it, Their game is called Boneworks and is on the note channel just, oh, just
2: if Boneworks. Look that
1: up yeah. oh, it's one of those v r games ah. ah. <laughs>
0: No wonder Matt's interested.
1: What do you mean? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. You know, I didn't get it at first, but I quickly got up.
0: A- and, and
1: Angelo Socaraz says, mouthfeel. Oh, what, what, what do you guys love to feel in your mouth?
0: Bone works?
1: <laughs> um, Ernesto says, story time by Matt.
0: No story. <laughs> How about that leans us into... What you've been doing this week, Matt?
2: Oh man. Oh man. Some some John Wick, man. Anyone like stupid stupid action movies? I it's, love garbage. Yeah.
1: So
0: is this number 3?
2: I all right. I'm I'm going to I'm going to say this without, you know, spoiling too much the uh, the first section of it. The I would say the first 40%, third maybe 30% of the movie was like phenomenal. Like it, it's exactly what you wanted to be. Um, the first two fight scenes are just ridiculous. You had people in the theater saying, Oh, oh my God. Like, it was gruesome. It was great. Then it slowed down really badly. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And the fight scenes were just kind of okay from there. Kind of what you already see in Hollywood, which is boring to me because I don't like those type of cut, uh, fight scenes where it's just. <laughs> Did
0: you say cut scenes?
2: I just said cutscenes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't like those type of fight scenes where it, it's just kind of like, oh, they're fighting. You know, I like. These are all the
0: rather video gaming. Mm,
2: yeah, I want the anime style, like, close-ups and um, I love that. Um The impact, you know, creating that nice impact of every move other than like, <laughs> I don't like that. Um That's why I usually go to watch, like, foreign films. A lot of foreign films do that. Uh, like, uh, I remember watching first, watching Ump Back, uh, The Warrior. Yeah, there's oh, like three of them.
0: Oh, Back. My hung God. Back. Remember that, that? film was so good.
2: Yeah. Especially a guy who could do his own stunts
0: and stuff. Tony Ja, right? That was yeah. his name. Wow, yeah. that film was amazing. What was the second one called? I they had man. that long shot where he wa- he runs up that staircase that goes up for like six floors, and he's fighting people the whole time, and it's one continuous shot. Yeah, and I remember they said it took them like six weeks to practice it, like the timing of all of the extras falling off of like the high mm. elements of the stairs while he was like punching people through glass and shit like that. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. Did you guys uh, check out the the game John John Wick yeah. Hex? I saw that I was like, oh, this looks weak. <laughs> I was, That's like this game, in? right? Yeah, yeah. Which which is funny. I I remember when I was playing through Super Hot VR, I constantly in the back of my head was like they need to make a John Wick version of this. And uh yeah, for like such a fast for, for for fast, fun, like constantly mm-hmm. flowing action movies, the format seems to to adapt well to
0: actual like slow turn based <laughs> gameplay, <laughs> yeah.
1: and and it seems like something that would make sense in an execution. But yeah,
0: wait, has it been reviewed? It's not even out yet. Yeah, no, the game the game's not out for a while. But Mike M- Mike Bithell made a, a previous game called Volume, which was kind of like a Metal Gear Solid homage. That was all about stealth and stuff. Which apparently had stuff from my videos inspiring it. Oh. oh, nice.
2: Nice, nice. I do want to say from John Wick, um I think they messed it up because they wanted it was obvious that they wanted to create a part four. It was like too obvious. And I need
0: to rewatch two because I don't remember two very well. I, yeah, I, I
2: rewatched the I rewatched two. It was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> And even 3, I would say the, some of the action scenes in the beginning were just even better. It was, it was super great. But you can kind of tell it kind of drops off after that. Um, but yeah. John Wick 3. I, I still think it's solid. Uh, because yeah. I just like stupid action movies and John Wick definitely does that. And also it's that.
0: got Keanu Reeves in it.
2: Yes. You, 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 you gotta like the man. He's not a crazy good
1: actor, but like you gotta
0: man. love the man.
1: Gotta love the man. He's, he's, it must he's be kind of weird little... being Keanu Reeves, because because I don't think he expected <laughs> think to be an action star. That?
0: Yeah, Do think, yeah. He that? Do you think Keanu Reeves sits at home and he's like, "Do you know what? It's really weird to be me." You've seen the picture of him just moping around in the park, right? Like that's what that's the thoughts I imagine going through his head. Don't you think some people think? maybe it's really weird to be George Weedman. I think that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, do you think it's weird to be you? It would probably, yeah.
2: Just because, like, they would have to, like, deal with, like, taking all these pills and stuff like that. They're like, oh, my God. Like, this is abnormal. (laughs) I guess I should explain that. What if they should...
0: love pills?
2: <laughs> no, maybe maybe I should leave it vague. Oh, yeah. Lots of pills. Oh,
0: yeah. That takes a lot of drugs.
2: A lot of drugs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Keanu Reeves, like, tries to be real positive and, and charitable and, like, socially and economically conscious. And he came from a rough background and, like, started out playing Bill and Ted and... and little buddha and now he's like this this gritty violence man action hero who who seems like well aware of how how young and and popcorny the the audience skews but but still trying to make the best of it and and i i feel like he might think he's in a weird position a lot
2: yeah i mean i it's impossible to kind of know these
1: Dudes who
2: you know (laughs) have money, like yeah, like it's impossible to know what they go through or what they don't go through or how they're thinking because you know PR is great for sure. But there's so many videos of him online just being regular,
1: like super regular. He just walks around. I I got his
0: subway seat for that old lady. That's a nice one. I was
1: reading a a article on The Guardian, literally about Keanu Reeves talking about no matter how much money and fame he has, he still feels grief and loss over over the stuff his family went through. He's really he's real. He's he 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 seems consciously aware of what money does to people and how to avoid that. Yeah.
0: He just spends Um, it on motorbikes from what I hear. Which yep, is, like, yep.
1: fair play. For the effects crews, who are some of the most mistreated people in, in the industry, which I actually should have talked about in my um, uh, unionization video, is how a lot of the, the newer industries of the VFX studios do not enjoy the same productions that, that production studios do. Or protections that production studios do. Mm. <sighs> what have you guys
0: been playing? Well, I, just before we descend into that, because, of course... Dan Sons is predominantly a video game <laughs> podcast. Supposedly. Ish. We've talked yeah. about toilets, butts, uh, Keanu welcome, Reeves.
2: If this is your first episode, welcome See, to the podcast.
1: I can't tell if if, if you mean ish is in like the relativity of, of it, or ish is in like <laughs> censored rap slang for shit. No,
0: as in I didn't even know that. <laughs> like, as in the relative terms to we've almost gotten around to talking about video games. Before we leave the, uh, the medias outside of video games, Matt, can we have, uh, just a small brief chat?
2: Oh, god.
0: About... about one of the most famous TV shows <laughs> ending...
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: Ending, uh... This small brief. ...this past, <laughs> <best> past <laughs> week. Oh, just, no. I feel so bad for you
1: guys. <laughs> Spoilers! Until 34 minutes and 18 seconds.
0: It, it just
2: it just kind of came and went. To be honest, it, like,
0: did, it definitely did do that, and it's weird because although I feel like the ending is okay, the con—let uh, me rephrase that—the conclusion of which everything comes to, yeah, is okay. It's just the it, journey of which we got to that point throughout this season, yeah, is just I, ridiculous. I'm
2: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. Those two guys can't write for anything. They're it's children writing.
0: But they've but I I just don't understand how at this point.
2: Did it do this on per? Like I don't I don't I really don't get how it could be this bad when all the other seasons were fine. It, It wasn't like amazing, but it wasn't
1: this. It wasn't this the show was still good this has me worried about the books now like how much how how weird do you think george R. 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 martin thinks it is to be george R. 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 martin right now <laughs> oh man he he writes good
2: stuff there's no way that he likes well, this Feast
0: for crows is debatable shit
2: oh yeah well oh, God, i mean I hate- but, but i mean w- the book that this is based on what about this what about, what about Game of Thrones? It's good, right? Oh I yeah, mean, yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong, a Song of uh, yeah. a Song of Ice and Fire is fantastic, right? Just a feast for Crows, that book in that series is yeah. it bored me to tears. It's so bad.
2: But do you think I mean he's gotta think that season eight is garbage at at least.
0: Because
2: <laughs> it's 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 I, I, it's I think the majority think season eight is is terrible. It's is actually just terrible. Child, like it's like a child, child mindset, you know, like the whole thing where I, I'm gonna say a spoiler, but I mean, really, oh yeah, it I'm, doesn't I'm really matter. Warning. Like the dragon burns the throne, you know. It's like, oh yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> like what he's doing, but why is he doing yeah. it? Yeah, ch- dragons are intelligent, right? But I saw someone's like
0: immense explanation for this. Either Drogon came along and. Th- and realized that Daenerys had died and that it was all to do with the corruption of the Iron Throne which in itself is like an allegory for the the one ring from Lord of the Rings like being isolated and all that kind of stuff, right? Or he saw the metal sharp object poking out out of Daenerys, the dagger and then looked at the chair and saw like a thousand pointy daggers and was like,
2: "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It
0: was the chair. <laughs>
2: it was the chair. Yeah, I saw that comic. And I don't, I don't mean to say children as a an insult. I mean to explain that it's very simple minded. Like, oh, dragon, you know, the, melts the chair instead of killing John. You know, <laughs> when he obviously looked at John, why do that? <laughs> Like it's just weird. It's just weird. Like oh, because she wanted power and blah blah blah. You you know the like the whole thing. Like, I I get it, but it still doesn't make sense. Like how we got there. Like why not just grab grab her body and just go um, out the way the throne where the throne was and knock the throne off and let it fall and break or not break. I don't know. Whatever it falls. <laughs> Like, yeah, wouldn't there's... that make more sense? Like, how that came to be, it, it would it would be like okay, he wanted Gregor wanted to go that way, you know, just because it was right in front of him, or whatever, or he knocked it off on purpose. It doesn't matter. You leave that open. Not him purposely doing the fire thing. I I don't know. He could have done fire thing all over the place instead of trying to kill John because he knows John is a friend or whatever. Like uh, it, it could have been just, so much different. There's so much, so many things you could have done, just not what they did. You know, there's so many <laughs> things. It, it, I I how how can I think I can write the show? That's when so you know it's bad. A, a just a just a regular
0: dude. But the, that's the thing is, I don't think like when you think of the conclusion of like Daenerys being corrupted by the. Betrayals of people, and also the the wants to have the Iron Throne, and then her then being stabbed by the person she loved, and the, the true heir to the throne himself, and then that like if you said that was the ending of the entire entirety of A Song of Ice and Fire, you wouldn't really be like that doesn't make any sense. It's just it's just the it, way they. That's got what they there. did.
2: Though. It, it it seems like they said here's the story beats. Here's the thin then, line. This is what's gonna happen. And they 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 didn't connect it, they just made yeah, it happen. It
0: was almost like watching a clip show. You know, where it just fast yeah. forwards and it, yeah. it gives you highlights. Like like you're watching like a a lore analysis of some YouTube video essay, and he's just like, and then Daenerys is stabbed by John, and then John and Tyrion go to prison, and then it ends.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. They had one more season, even just one more season. Use this season to like completely flesh out the Night King story, and then move towards King's Landing. Have the final episode of this season be like the negotiation of Missandei. This season's big highlight is the fact that Missandei gets killed and Daenerys in the next like few episodes of what would be season nine. starts descends to des- Descends yeah. slowly into madness. And then like the second to last episode is like the assault on King's Landing over a two episode thing with her going crazy, killing everything. Cersei so she ha- like, does
2: not die. And Susie so doesn't key.
0: die the way she did, her and Daenerys actually see each other. And then Daenerys is like, Dracarys, kills her. And then you're like, oh shit, Daenerys is like pure evil now. And then Jon comes in and like they argue. And then but the same thing happens, just a bit more fleshed. Ah, it would have been so much better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. been so much better.
0: Wow. and what is this I, I can't imagine
1: what this does to the novel writing process like is being vindicative about how the show goes going to be part of that like I, I it feels like it would poison the well almost like mm-hmm. like i hate to say it but almost like he should take even more years upon years to just like blow off the steam he said
0: in the blog he wrote after it ended he was sad that it ended and uh they had decided to end it when they wanted to. He had known that they were going to end it after season seven for a long time, but they pushed it to season eight. So he always knew that there was... He said he
2: could have have gone like 11 seasons, he said. Yeah,
0: yeah. But he said the ending of the show is the same, but not, but yes, but different. But yeah, like there are definitely elements of whatever the ending is in the TV show that will make it into the to the books, but how that will play out, like, you'll probably see, I think, the same arc will happen with Daenerys, but you will just see it play out in a longer stretch of time, and it will make more sense, and you'll feel more hatred, maybe, towards Daenerys, and it will all make you feel better about how it comes to a, a, a head, but... Huh,
1: yeah, so in that case, maybe there's now a drive to not not straight up contradict the show, but like, expand and justify the show... It, there's like influences in the process that weren't there before is is what I would imagine well, would be no so confusing for no, the creator.
0: But this is the thing. There's no doubt that D&D, as people have affectionately and also pure hatred towards those guys now call them. <laughs> um, there's no, they, they knew what the ending was going to be. Like there's no way George didn't tell them elements of what the ending was going to be. He's not going to just be like, well, now you guys have to tie this all up by yourself. I wonder what you'll do. Cause George was like executive producer for like what five seasons or something like that? Mm. So even though the writing and the like the, the way the characters talk to each other and develop is down to the directors and the writers, the, the actual conclusion of the show is probably more similar in elements than we actually think it's gonna be. I think a lot of people are hoping that the books will be at least fifty percent different. I actually think it'll probably only be like 25% different. It'll just be like that conclusion but made a lot more sense.
2: And you know, we're talking we're talking crap and all that, but like I, I what I really want is to know why. Because it's it's not good. And they got to know it's not good. It, Unless they're yeah. dumb, so like, I w- years from now, years from now, somebody says something, either them, oh, yeah. D and yeah, themselves, or someone close, say something. Yeah. I want to know why.
0: Amelia Clark has already sort of said that she was so angry that she just like disappeared for like four hours and went walking in the rain or something.
1: There, there will certainly be exposes.
0: Exposés, the sad, tragic truth of the final season of Game of Thrones coming to you live.
1: Dude, you
2: see her in interviews. She's every every time she's asked, she's she's stone. She's stone. She's like, yeah, it's the best season.
1: Oh, no, no, yeah,
2: it's it, it was bad. It was. I'm very bad.
1: excited to be working on this project.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: be- because
2: of yeah, but yeah. Um, well, that's that's got. We got got got. Got, yeah, you got, got got by got.
1: We got we got by got. I'm sorry got to hear ended. that you got got. Games, 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 games. Games. Yeah. games. I have one. What have you been playing? Um, I, I I wanted to give an update on my Breath of the Wild uh, second run. I'm doing and I decided on on my rules. Okay, you guys ready? Yes. <laughs> Strip <laughs> off your armor after the bosses. Clean out all of your inventory that you can after the bosses except for rupees and, and permanent staying power items like the champion powers and also the special armors that you can't get rid of. This makes it so that uh, rupees end up becoming your like primary resource of survival mechanisms because um, the the other side of the coin of, of having to strip off is that um, you still are going to have armors in your inventory that are going to get you back to... To a point in the difficulty curve that the that might be a little, a little too easy, so I'm I'm basically deciding not to put armor back on again unless I buy it, which means that um your first stop after a boss is going to be the armor <laughs> shop in Hatino Village, where you're going to pay about 800 to 900 rupees for the full soldier set, which is more. Which which is going to conveniently add up to about how much... Well, not all of what you've been saving for one regional run in a dungeon, but a good chunk of that. You might get like 600 to 800 um on on your way to the next dungeon before you have to buy 900 rupees worth of armor in the town afterwards but yeah there's there's an economy to it now there's a sense of difficulty and these decisions are having to be made strategically they still don't make a whole lot of sense because if i wanted to take this challenge very seriously i would save all of the dungeon bosses for the very end but i'm going to do them in order like normal and uh on the way there though like I am noticing that I do have to use environmental traps more. I do have to care more about resource and inventory management. And uh, it's making it a lot more fun and compelling to do the small little stuff like clearing out monster camps that give you weapons from a chest. There's a purpose behind that now. Like, there's an actual incentive to... Uh, 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 smack monsters for 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 10 minutes when 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 they're awfully overpowering and you get you get a weapon from their camp and, and once you have monster weapons and one real weapon you're pretty much good to go to tackle another challenge and it it flows it's nice i'll have to see if it still flows and is nice and is challenging after beating the second dungeon but i'm
0: i i'm I, I am okay with this it's it's Nice. I think you should uh, just fight bosses without any clothes on any <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, c- I could. You know that the You need game's to like, do the Dark Souls deprived run. It's it's open ended enough to uh just a, a club, for this a shield and pants.
2: <laughs> Gotta wear pants.
0: Oh yeah, and and covering that uh, upper cracula area, of course. <laughs> The
1: the the bombs are getting utilized a lot more. I'm I'm noticing a routine going. Well, I have monsters chase me up a hill, but I will drop a round bomb on the top of the hill, to uh, uh, ragdoll them out of the way and, and divide and conquer and. That's stuff I wouldn't have even cared about. You remember how in the very beginning of Breath of the Wild, you're like, "Oh shit, I don't have a gun," so you bomb a Stalphos, pick up have its a arm. Gun. <laughs> or, God damn it, fuck! You don't even have a
0: gun. Wow, you don't have a weapon. The you have guns?
1: A, 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 a video game button press that makes obstacles go away. You don't have one of those, so so you you, you use one of your bombs. You pick up a Stalphos' arm and then start beating the other Stalphos with it. It's, it's stuff like that. That is happening more often. That's what I wanted, and that's what I'm getting, and I'm like... I'm pretty... I'm pretty hype about this. If I, you want
0: full challenge, you could just also do it completely in VR. Uh. Ugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I, I have been popping it in and out of the VR mode, and it's... It's... It's blurry as fuck. <laughs> you can't see your, your head well... Uh, playing from from that angling position where your arms are up in the air holding the controllers kind of hurts. Uh, it's so weird that that got me back into Breath
0: of the Wild. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna play Breath of the Wild for 40 minutes in Blurovision. Ah, oh, the console version's so much better. I'm just gonna stick with this now.
1: I I I did a side by side comparison of how Dolphin VR handles the the camera and its versions of Zelda games, and the primary difference is that when you move your head in Breath of the Wild VR, the camera rotates around Link, and when you move your head in like you can turn janky, that off though. Uh, yeah, which seems to defeat the purpose. It's it's a mix well, no, of because things, you're but you still
0: you're still the sense of scale and being in a 3D world is still there. It's just you use your hands like normal to control the camera and link himself.
1: The 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 neck movement I think is real important though for establishing that sense of presence and immersion and also control. Like I was playing Ocarina of Time on Dolphin VR and you can use your head to substitute for Z targeting, for example.
0: Yeah. You can uh, True, follow it does become- Turning it off becomes more of like holding a giant 3DS to your face than anything.
1: <gasps> mm-hmm. I- agreed. It's it's stereoscopy mode. But, uh...
0: Stereoscopic.
1: The, the difference is in turning your head to rotate the camera around a centered focal point versus turning your head that turns the camera in the exact same way your head turns. Like, that. that's one little thing that makes a shitload of difference but that thing requires the game engine itself to like rework how calling is handled and and frame rate optimization issues if you're looking around a busy scene whipping your head back and forth fast enough there's like deep deep level tweaks that have to be made to make this stuff done that I don't think a lot of players realize that uh Nintendo themselves seems to have clashed into headfirst without without a uh, Full knowledge of what's at stake and how to <laughs> how to make it smooth and nice. It's true. <sighs> well, has anyone played anything new?
0: No I I kinda wanna yeah. ask you something, man. <laughs> yeah. So the beta for World of Warcraft classic mm-hmm. is now floating about out there. Really? And I okay. kinda want to play it, right? Okay. But I'm wondering if my my want is more that I want to play an MMO or I want to specifically play WoW Classic. Cuz I feel like the idea of WoW Classic in my head feels nice, but then when I actually play it, I'd realize that I can't deal with, that, with it without all the quality mm. of life changes that have happened over the past 19 years. Mm.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Um that come out like to going to RuneScape Classic. <laughs> Huh? How is Elder Scrolls Online?
1: It's pretty. It's pretty freaking solid, to be honest. <laughs> Yo, if you get into it, I will hop along on that bandwagon. Oh, really? Download, I'm gonna
2: download it. Really? No. Yeah. I I can't. I can't. You playing an MMO? That's weird. Even the test. Even for I, a moment.
1: I, okay. No, we gotta clarify that. That, that I won't necessarily. It's more like I'll be testing it. I'll be testing that bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah test,
2: yeah. test. Even the test it, it's, that's pretty weird. I mean, you could just play it single player. Uh. It doesn't
1: matter. <laughs> I remember, even as a teenager in 2004, World of Warcraft bored the
0: shit out of me. I like, really liked from, like, I got into it hardcore. Like, I'd played it a lot in the past, but not until mr pandaria and the warlords of drainer and then kind of fell off during legion but during that period of time i love the shit out of that game mm. and the classic interests me because i kind of missed the boat the first time
1: maybe it's because i played a rogue
0: you're not very roguelike are you
1: i, t- I tend to like rogues in the elder scrolls <laughs> nice. it's fun sneaking but but in World of Warcraft it was like press a button, wait a bit, press another button, wait a bit. No, 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 no. This is action
2: combat. I can't I can't. I
1: I, I, I can't. have not played <laughs> MMOs with action combat. Like I my yeah. experience of MMOs comes from a frame of reference before all that. Wait, you so. didn't play
0: Guild Wars two?
1: No, just Guild Wars One.
0: Matt Matt never got you to play Guild Wars two.
1: He never managed it. He never sold
0: me <laughs> he never managed to make it
1: so I, I, well,
2: never really <laughs> I never really told him to play, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. You never tried to sell it to me real hard. Yeah, because
2: you you have to play games for your channel, and you're doing a video every week. Well,
1: that was back <laughs> then. I'm not no, going to get you into an potato. MMO. Now Now I probably have time to play an MMO. Every, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every now and then. And we got yeah, a hot
0: potato I, in the house right here.
1: Uh, potato, hot potato. Uh, yeah, do it in not allowed
0: free time. You have to make a video every single day.
1: That mentality has led to a horrifying case of burnout. Anyways, yeah, do a Jim Sterling. <laughs> I, I, it would be interesting to see you do like a Jim Sterling, where <laughs> talk about three game. videos a week. I I I rant about no, the current topic. He does topic. way more than that. He
0: definitely does, he does like more. almost on average a video every two days.
1: He's gotta have editors yeah. or something. I don't he does. He has yeah. doesn't
0: he have like fifteen thousand from Patreon though, so that's
1: another thing I don't think people realize is that for the past seven years I've done mostly everything by myself, like for the vast majority of of everything you see on the channel. Like that the the repetition of that gets to you, kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind yeah, of weird because a lot of people that. don't realize this without jumping back into Good Wars 2, which I loved dearly and would wish I could play Good Wars 2 again. But d- nobody realizes how much videos infect George's brain. Like when he's doing a video, that's it. That's, he's not able to let go a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's because you're self-employed and there's no one, like, telling you you're done for the day. So you're constantly thinking that you have to always be working, which makes it impossible to relax, which means that a lot of time ends up getting spent, like, sitting at a computer working extremely slowly with a tab of all the distracting Trump news and social media drama, on the other hand. (laughs) And uh, without, like, the set schedule and, and and a boss, like... You need people in your life holding you accountable. Yeah. This podcast has been on a much more predictable, reliable release schedule <laughs> than
0: the videos.
1: <laughs> and, and I attribute that to two other people, you know, depending on me to get it out. But I'm, I'm going to be using a, an editor next week. I'm going to incorporate them when I, uh, get my VR video out, So but... if
0: we sound shit, you know why. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, like, case in point, uh, a week ago, I spent all last week writing this VR Nintendo video, and then, all of a sudden, got a, like, sponsorship offer, and I was like, okay, I need to make it a more important video if it's gonna be a sponsor. And, th- threw that in the side burner and started rewriting another concept about QA employees which should actually be out tomorrow and since there's a sponsor uh, waiting on it that means that I'm not gonna slack off and will not sleep and will get it done and suffer for it <laughs> so uh, yeah people like who care about deadlines who depend on you to get stuff done who will give you money if you meet deadlines is, uh, is it's, it's a good thing to have in your life kids well um, I've been playing something new oh <gasps> you're the
0: only one um this is weird we this year we have like turned everything around everything is it's like bizarro land podcast
2: ever since last year i make sure that i play something new at least like every two weeks at least i have noticed and i appreciate it and i love you yeah
0: i have noticed and i'm enjoying it
2: yeah I, I make sure like okay I got to play a game for the podcast like I literally play a game for a pod- game for podcast. Uh, this uh, this week it was a Plague Tale.
0: Oh shit! The French uh, like yeah. really amazingly high fidelity graphic visual novel, no like stealth. Yeah, thing. it's it's
1: it's it's good. Yeah. That's oh good. shit! These yeah. reviews are, are nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's um I I beat it. And the final final boss is incredible. It's the, the the mechanic of the rats and and light. So whenever you have light, they're, uh they can't go into the light. It's just weird to see, like they're and sometimes there's so many rats on
1: screen. Set the scene. And sometimes, set the scene. What, holy like, shit! Game this game is my my. I'm looking at this is my jam.
2: Yeah. Um, I okay. Well, what,
1: what's
0: wrong with me these days?
2: Well, I don't want to set the scene because I don't want to spoil the story because the story is definitely there. Yeah, but, um,
0: but you mentioned, like, Rats and Light, which okay, sounds good, okay. right? Well, For anybody who didn't yeah, know okay. what this game is about.
2: All right. You you play as um, a French girl trying to take care of her brother. That's sick. Um And that's kind of, like, the motivation. Um So it's just you and him traveling to different places and... uh it's definitely kind of like a Last of Us, and it definitely feels like Two Brothers.
1: Thirteen hundreds, France. It's like a, a histor. It's a historical piece too.
2: Yeah, it, it's um. Yeah, it, I think you would like it. George. Oh like, man. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm um, getting shivers was, looking at this. I, I think that was their inspiration. Two Brothers. Um, A Tale of Two Brothers. Two Brothers. this feels summer. like it. It feels like it. Um, when you get like you get to use your brother like he does certain things um i would i don't want to spoil anything else but like everyone has a purpose like people you meet and stuff like that um so uh, the biggest i guess um uh, there's stealth you can upgrade so there's like a little upgrade tree which <sighs> i don't i don't know i'm not i'm never really into upgrade trees where you have to scavenge in order to upgrade certain parts, I thought it was cool. I think it it was needed for sure. Yeah. But some of the upgrades tend to, um, they tend to like um, waste your money. Uh, they they're redundant
1: um, I, because you get certain upgrades that defeat the purpose of an upgrade. I, I also never liked how like a lot of games with big upgrade trees kind of start you out with a character. That's not fun to play until a few hours into the game. When, when the systems start making themselves apparent. Yeah, I, it,
2: this one, this one was not bad. Um, it's just learning what to do. Um, and they try to teach you how the game works through the upgrade tree. And then I think once you upgrade the first, like your sling, you're you're good. You're good from there on. You can just upgrade what you want. Definitely upgrade your materials. Upgrade your bag. If you play this game, upgrade your bag. Hold more materials because you need <laughs> upgrade it. Upgrade your bag. Upgrade your bag. That is that is the thing to do. Um, I think that's I I I would have prefer in this game that you found stuff instead of an upgrade tree because you're you're like you're like looking around just um justifying materials yeah, like cloth like the and the idea that.
0: of like upgrading a little french girl doesn't really <laughs> seem that
1: it look it's yeah stri-
0: it doesn't seem uh. it doesn't work do, do they yeah. speak
1: with a french accent yes <gasps> yes
2: and and the little boy is so cute and oh my gosh the way they design lucas is you you you'll get to know him. like it's cute 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 guy man they did a really great job really great job i don't know how big the team is but the game looks
1: really great it will kill your system um it's also kind of a role reversal to have the the girl leading the cute boy through the apocalyptic hellscape here and i think it does it for people who you know want to try something
2: different like a, a woman leading it does it great it does it great um it's, it's great for a lot of reasons. Uh, the gameplay is, is solid, I would say, especially with the rat thing. The rat thing, um, basically, they can't go into light. So there's a lot of mechanics around that. And it's definitely puzzle based. Like, there are things that are conveniently there, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, oh, there's a bonfire here. There's a bonfire here. A bonfire. Like, it's just, it's yeah, it's that type of game. It's very gamey when it comes down to those sections. Um, which is fine. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. Um, it's fun. It's fun to to figure it out because it's, it's they definitely make it like a very like a it's simple it's, it's simple easy puzzles um, for the most part. There's some that require you to kind of like really look around and pay attention. Um, but yeah, um, the mechanic with the rats are cool. I wonder how they do that. Um, you can see that they're repeating some of the animation with the rats they just have it timed uh differently um but it's cool it's definitely cool because at the end it gets nuts it gets do, nuts. do you know and how so cool.
1: how hard it sticks to the history like oh, uh, how I, I how, how I, accurate and, and researched and consulted they they were no no this is the 1300s no Mm-mm. um but uh
2: yeah they do mention they do mention history points but i i wouldn't say that's like the main drive of the game or anything like that it's a
1: damn cool idea though like like utilizing plague-ridden europe and in the shitty medieval times as like your post-apocalyptic last of us hellscape yeah it's uh it's solid yeah um
0: how, how long how long is it Oh,
1: like nine hours? I'm, oh, wow. I think I will be checking this out actually next week. This sounds like a lot of fun to play in front of the in front of the GF.
2: And I got to say, like nine hours, that's that's an okay time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if I want any more than nine or ten hours. I was going to say, you nine
0: know? hours for something like that sounds pretty chunky.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I want any more than that. And it didn't feel like there was filler. It felt... Right, it felt good. It, it maybe maybe like one section, but um, but yeah, yeah,
1: that was it. All nice. Right. We got yeah, we got anything else before we move on to the news? Um,
0: I played a little more of Descenders, the uh, mountain biking.
1: The the road bounce your butt up and down hills.
0: Physics. I'm getting better at it now, and I understand the physics. And I've I've almost like opened up all of the areas. That is a good game. It is a. I, I gave it my recommendation last time I spoke about it, but I I definitely do now. The more I play it, the more I'm like, wow, this is like a game where you feel your skill level getting better and better, and you can visually see it in front of you. I, it's it's a really good game. Hats off to those guys. I'm I'm still enjoying that.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm still enjoying Dead
1: Cells. I, I played through that again. I played through it in beta. It was fun. That sounds as good. I doubt people want to hear, nor do I have anything interesting yeah. to say about yeah. you know, Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and Subnautica. <laughs> can, we just, can, and, we just,
0: can we just make it clear that you are still playing that game?
1: I guess that's the only reason I brought them up.
0: It also, we actually talked about it in the Discord. Okay, no, there is one
1: interesting thing to say, and that is that it feels like I've played 60, 70 hours of Odyssey, as it, it feels turns like I've out, I listened
0: to you talk about it for 60 or 70 hours. Yes,
1: yes, like ever since it came out last fall, they they went out to to throw it into the Google Stadia beta test thing. Then they just straight up gave it away for free, but one thing I've noticed is that it actually is geared for short play sessions. Like I have played it on and off for the course of almost a whole year, but in like 1 to 2 hour intervals, which means that, that my actual total time and, um... And, and the Uplay counter was something a lot shorter than I was expecting. It was, uh... <laughs> 37 hours! I've only played 37 hours of that game! How is that possible? That is not how I remember it! Still fair chunk of time. Oh, well, yeah, but it also was a little less sh- It's shorter than, like, Final Fantasy VII. Um... Yeah, no, that's that's it's it's a fine it's the game. It's
0: Assassin's Creed game though, right?
1: Absolutely. I don't it's not even feeling like I, I've I've said it a million times before. It's not even like an Assassin's Creed stealth game anymore. They reinvented it into a, a looter grinder action RPG. It's uh it's, it's a lot longer than your usual Assassin's Creed. It is not nearly as stealth-driven as your usual Assassin's Creed. The the map and layout and loops are totally different from your usual Assassin's Creed. It's interesting that when Ubisoft went off and made their own pirate game, they started it as a new franchise. But when they went off and made a, an action RPG looter, uh, loot, loot management game, they still call it Assassin's Creed.
0: <laughs> True. Well, I look forward to talking to you about it in August, when you're still playing it. Yeah,
1: they just released a big DLC expansion, so let's see if I go through that as well. I don't know, somehow I'm feeling like I've I've had my fill and I'm ready to wrap (laughs) this thing up finally. Uh, yeah, wow, the story got real stupid, but that's a big spoiler, I won't dwell on it. But, you know, honestly, everyone who's going into an Assassin's Creed game should expect the story to get really stupid, like, 30 hours in.
0: <laughs> well it's at completely least changed, does not it? <laughs> at the
1: least thirty hours. It really has. Yeah. This is this is not Jade's game. This is this is a different beast. <laughs> 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 All right. I think we uh, have have Go have wrapped news. up most of what's 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 interested us for the past week. Let's let's take a quick whiz and uh, try to try to not offend anyone too bad when when we go through uh, the two big oh stories no. for this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. These 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 are easier to deal with. I got I got my hopes up. We might we might get it right this time.
0: the <laughs> Is the yeah. We
2: have everything you need to live the young, hip, jet-trying radio lifestyle. You skate, you
0: groove, you bomb, bricks, and run from the man. people, Hello. Hello. And welcome back Hello. to the Dan Sands Podcast. We, of course, have all manner of news for you this week. Well, actually, mostly just associated by one of the most surprising things I've seen in a long time. Oh, a man. brand new handheld has been announced.
1: Oh, man. This is the most, like, by game developers, for game developers thing I've seen in my life.
0: And I love it. It's called Playdate. <laughs> and it's announced by a, a, a publisher called Panic. Now. I know these guys, they were the guys that had funded Firewatch and given Campo Santo money to make Firewatch, so they obviously have some sort of prestige under the belt, but supposedly they've been around for a long time and I've never really heard of them before. That's what's so
1: cool about independent companies that fund themselves instead of public companies that fund them play tri- They can do, like, cool independent projects that they can keep
0: under the radars for years, and it's fine, and it's cool, and it's good. Staying under the radar is not always the best business practice, though, but they are, they are also publishing Untitled Goose Game, which looks really interesting, so if you haven't seen that, check that out. Um, but no, there is a new handheld coming. It is this dinky little yellow box... <laughs> <laughs> called Playdate, it has a black and white screen, and it will. Uh, it doesn't have like physical games you can buy in the stores or anything. It uh, has games that will be released in seasons. So games will come to you every now and again in a season for a a defined period of time, I'm imagining.
1: And and they're mysteries. And they're
0: mysteries. And they're kind of like little gifts that you get given, even though you should be entitled to having games on a console you bought for $150. Oh, that's what it is? The games specifically are being designed for it by some quite well-known creators. Some of the creators involved so far who have made games for it, I think these games are going to be featured in the season one of whatever this thing is. Uh, include names such as Bennett Foddy himself. Mr. Getting Over uh, It with getting Bennett getting Foddy. Over it. Mr. Quop. One of the best game designers out there right now. He's um, he's
1: good at fun control gimmick novelties.
0: He is. Zach Gage, uh, who is famed for doing a lot of mobile stuff, a lot of unique puzzle stuff, kind of spins upon threes and stuff. He's a very uh, very good video game designer and also uh, <laughs> Keita Takahashi the Katamari creator of man Katamari
2: hmm.
1: so Mr. Damachi
0: and he da- has his game is the only one really shown so far with gameplay and the game ties into this weird unique control thing that it has attached to it so it has a d-pad and an A and a B button but on the side of it it has a crank it has a literal crank that you turn that controls the games so for example in Keira Takahashi's game which is about forward fast forwarding time and rewinding time you use the crank to make the main character run and he can run forward in time and like do stuff but you can't get past certain points without rewinding it by rewinding the crank and doing things to able to progress kind of like braid but very linear type see how far you get kind of thing but you use mm-hmm. the crank to make the character run super unique and the videos you see of it um, and the sort of mock-ups look really interesting but uh it's, it's you can get notified for about future news for it later this year I think pre-orders go up later this year and I think they said there's a quite a limited supply, but it doesn't actually release until 2020.
1: The funny thing is that I went to that um, Keita Takahashi art exhibit in SCAD and I saw that character on yes, a little video demo on the wall. He
0: secretly had already announced the game because <laughs> nobody knew what this thing was and he just put it up yeah. there as like a little experiment. But yes, that game is the one that will be featured on the play date
1: and until then it was like weird installation video art that that, like used a a game engine randomizer to play a video of that guy like like bopping his way through crazy black and white scenes but it's surreal seeing that thing that i thought was just an unrelated art project actually be an
0: actual game it looks really interesting and i like Having people like Bennett Foddy and you know Kate or Takahashi, and stuff like that, really unique indie creators who make weird stuff already, give them a black and white screen with a crank and a handheld? This is gonna be unique. <sighs> so so
1: I've noticed a lot of a lot of the game developers I follow on Twitter are super hyped for this. Uh, Liam, you're right here with us, super hyped for this.
0: I I, um, I I, have signed up to be able to pre-order it, if I can possibly get hold of it.
1: Uh, I just
0: find the idea of making games for this so fun.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think, the biggest difference between
0: <laughs> Matt and me
1: and you, is Ooh. that those are the thoughts going through your head. Yes. And the thought going through my head is... Okay, what do I do when I'm done playing yeah, yeah. the season one uh, for $150? 100%. 100% yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong. This is not going to be a commercial success and it is not <laughs> going to be a game's yeah. handheld. It is a. Yeah. I want to say it's almost like a coffee table video game mm, mm, on
1: Yeah. Yeah, something that you keep on a table that the guests play with for a few minutes in between yes. conversations. It is,
0: like, unique little pieces of tech that you just have as, like, an... You know people who buy, like, ergonomical industrial design pieces for fun? Mm-hmm. It's like that.
1: So, so Matt, it's more of a piece how... of art.
0: Then it is how, a video
1: game handheld. How, how do you feel? How hyped are you for the upcoming I'm not uh, launch event I, I, of
0: the year?
2: I, I would go over someone's house and play it. Yeah. I would not buy yeah. this. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's I, cool. I, I but I just don't have any interest in purchasing it I, I, at all if, i will spend it's 150 dollars
1: for it, a little yeah, thing yeah
0: it's 150 dollars which you're I paying for is the dangerous.
1: games too obviously yeah i think yeah but all
0: the games you get i think from now and forever are free so
1: i will spend three thousand dollars to visit liam in japan <laughs> where i will play with his 150 dollar playdate handheld gaming device yeah it will probably be what two hours to play all what six games or something God, like that, for that the season?
0: yeah if that
2: yeah, if that, right, it's, and it's, then that's it. You're done.
0: <laughs> it is really intriguing, like reading about some of the stuff they wanted to do with this. Like right now, Edge magazine in the UK, one of the most famous video game magazines, they have like the big expose on this thing and the world exclusive, and it looks really pretty and stuff like that. And uh, Jen Simkins, the the lady who interviewed them about it, they asked like if there was any additional secrets. Um, they 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 let spill that one of their prototype ideas was that. You would play all of the games in black and white, and then the last game of the season would have you actually open the console up? No way. Take out the black and white screen, and then behind it the whole time would have been a color screen?
1: No way. And
0: the last game would have been a color screen game?
1: No way. See doing stuff
0: like that is why it interests me. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So
1: yeah, it's like turning a portable game console into a little puzzle box it's just like
0: a thing full of secrets i think yeah
1: it's it's very it's a very nintendo philosophy it's uh (laughs) uh, going backwards in time with very cheap component components and trying to make a premium experience out of that
0: it's a very brave thing to do for sure i
1: wonder how they they're funding
0: this thing (laughs) because like you said there's no way so i imagine they have they're pretty self-funded
1: so, so revenues from Firewatch and Goose
0: Game. Yeah, I mean Firewatch sold Gangbusters, but obviously they, they you know, gotta
1: have investors.
0: Yeah, uh, they're they're making it in tandem with s- uh, like a, a Swedish industrial company called like Teenage Designs. Of course, they would be Swedish. It, well, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's just like a simple, solid color square rectangle. <laughs> of course, it's Swedish. <laughs> At least it doesn't have like an IKEA-based name, like the Strohmanberg or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what
1: a what a what a time to be alive! I, I, it's fucking weird. <laughs> I
0: want to know if you can program your own games for it. Like if it has the uh, the ability to like make your own games for it and people can like have game jams where they spend like a day making games to that thing and you can just put them on there automatically. I am 1000% in.
1: Or if they do a like a Nintendo Labo garage kind of mode where it's a user-friendly visual programming flowchart that uh, you can click and drag functions around, and that that, that would that be would nice. Be cool. it, would, it would be a cool, cool thing to buy your kids, then, if you could, like, spin it as an educational teach them coding tool.
0: I just want to try that crank, man. I want to crank it.
1: That looks like a fun crank, not gonna lie. I, I just Boy, don't know. Soldier
0: Boy was selling his own handhelds. If he was just waiting, he could have got one that he can literally crank it.
1: Little did we know all this time that the the, the Soldier Boy and the Soldier Boy Plus were actually cheap, shitty playdate ripoffs.
0: <laughs> Crank that.
1: Crank it. <laughs> Crank it, kids. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> this should have been the Soldier Boy, right?
2: Yeah, it should have been the Soldier Boy, the handheld. The so yeah, it,
1: it, it's it's weird that I totally understand the hype from game developers whose profession and passion is playing around with stuff you can feel and ta- interact with tactilely. But my opinion of this is just so... Like, I am not invested, but I am empathetic to the people who are going to be its fans. I know they're going to have fans of this thing. I know those fans are going to have the time of their life with this things. But... I it it seems like it's not really marketed to me.
0: Oh god no. No, this is not marketed to anybody listening to this right now. <laughs> 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 it is it is something that will be super limited. You prob- most people who are interested probably won't even be able to get like their hands on it. There'll be like, I don't know, ten thousand of them made, and all of the famous video game developers that you know will have one, and they'll be the only people that have one. And it'll be like a super unique, cliquey thing, and you'll be like. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder
1: if that'll become a new stereotype for like video game developers. Like, if if you walk into a game developer's house, you know because they have a play date sitting on the coffee table.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because I was kind of giggling to myself because the. Uh, I, I want to like i really like these people but they are very much like the usual suspects
1: do, do they wear plaid and and talk in no, big no, words no
0: they're just they're just they're just the the, the more popular <laughs> indie developers who you see quite frequently all of them had like just in unison as soon as it was announced had tweeted oh yeah i got to try this thing at so and so it's it's amazing and like oh we got to help a little bit by advising on this little thing and blah blah. like like it's almost like every one of them had to have some small part towards it and it's just kind of is like that laughable thing where it's like ah so cliquey. so <laughs> so clique-y. like getting like getting your name in the credits of um of did. Hey that's different there's like three people <laughs> in the credits for that there was like there was like 20 people of the usual people who are like Oh yeah, we definitely helped out with this thing. Oh yeah, we definitely got to try this before everybody else knew. It's- it's just really funny.
1: Um, well, uh, that's- that's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, you know.
0: It looks good though. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It looks so cute.
1: It's adorable. This little fucking crank is adorable.
0: I wanna go on a play date.
1: Aw. That's
0: so cute. That's- everything
1: about it is just cute. Anyways, And um, is this podcast technically a date? I suppose. I suppose we're we're playing with with conversational uh, uh, back and forth. Um, um, we're, we're we're seeing what what reactions we can dig out of each other. You know. Oh God. For better there's, or there's, for worse. There's a feedback loop <laughs> involved. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> the next big news story I wanted to talk about this week is is a product that is certainly going to be more for 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 normies and elitist hardcore console gamers who don't give a shit about portables because it's from software uh, but also it's going to be for 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 normies because it's George R.R. R. Martin George R.R. R. Martin so cool. has written a blog post I, I believe you were actually just talking about this very same blog post uh, in which he's talking about how weird it is to watch the Game of Thrones TV show wrap up asynchronously along with his book lines and how he also just finished consulting on a video game coming out of Japan um, gamatsu.com has an insider source claiming that this project is internally called Project GR it has a Norse RPG theme and it's going to be revealed at Microsoft's E3 show Games Radar summarized some other rumors that have been coming out over the year kind of less solid verifiable stuff saying that it'll be open world involve a lot of dynamic fightings over in-game territories which is not the usual From Software Soulsborne format which I think a lot of us kind of want to break away yeah. from anyway for sure yeah 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 so, so I don't um know. last
0: time they did that they made like the other games they make that aren't so popular so i don't know how successful that sakura <laughs> that's still that's still dark souls combat ish i'm talking like armored core
2: uh th- that would had a niche following what are you talking about yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> exactly dark
2: souls was pretty niche until
0: and no demon souls was niche until dark souls, demon until souls is pretty, pretty niche that's out. right
2: I remember playing that and, like, only a few people kind of like, oh, yeah, man, this is hard, this is cool. And then Dark Souls came out and it exploded.
1: I'm kind of interested to see them do do Western settings again and how how it'll be really fun to, like, point and be like,
0: ha, that's, that's a totally Japanese thing pretending to be a Western thing. I want to fucking know how they keep making, like, a game every two years. Did it's it? amazing. They only announced Sekiro last year, and now it's out, and it's been out for a while it turns out fantastic previously before that they made dark souls 3 previously before that they made bloodborne dark souls 2 dark souls demon souls and that's all in the space of 10 years and now they're gonna Don't make they, they they have
1: two core teams that, that alternate work on the same time on different projects yeah
0: ah, but i imagine the, the core cool team Duty is thing. like probably yeah. 50 people which is pretty small <laughs> for like these types of games
1: um, um, fans made made speculations over the credits roles in Dark Souls Two compared to Dark Souls One, and evidently the theory is that they had their A team working on Dark Souls, their oh B team working God. on on Dark Souls Two, while their A team was working on Bloodborne. Then their A team went back to Dark Souls and vice versa. And I, I, there's the, Wait, so
0: is Sekiro made by the B team.
1: I I don't know the details of that one, but the assumption is that they have two teams. Give
0: the B team a chance.
1: They they actually released a game
2: uh a year apart from each other. Dark Souls in two thousand fourteen, uh Bloodborne in two thousand fifteen, and Dark oh. Souls three in two thousand sixteen.
0: And then they made what is it, decorine Deserine, the VR game as well? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And eighteen.
0: Holy shit. Sakura. So
2: yeah. <laughs> that was that was a heck of a three years right there, and all of them were pretty successful, yeah. I would say. And then Sekiro
0: and this, like, being announced immediately and having been in development for quite a while, I mean, to have George R. R. Martin on board must mean that it's pretty far in development.
1: Maybe this is what happens when they promote Hidetaka Miyazaki to president. They just get banger after banger project on the green lights.
0: It's banger. weird, because he most definitely has less time to actually work on the games then.
1: This reminds me of uh of, of Platinum Games' heyday, when when they were coming out with, like, Bayonetta, R- Revengeance, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the the Transformers. Vanquish. Like, yeah, year mm. after year after year, just like super solid polished hits. that. that and, and Legend what are they of now? It, it, <laughs> Transformers. I, I, uh, I, I, I think some, <laughs> someone might have gotten shuffled around that, that might have taken the, the steam out of their sales. But From Software has steam in their sales right now, and that's really cool to see. Because they're selling, yeah. and they can hire people um you
2: think uh this from software game will have an easy mode
1: uh
0: no why the
1: fuck not especially if it's appealing to game of thrones fans like that's breaking into a whole new market <gasps> of people who it's aren't going to be as pee- good it was, it it was supposed to
2: be a laugh it was it was oh, supposed man. to be a laugh and a move on Dude, <laughs> it
0: was, right, like, it was supposed to be a conversation <laughs> Matt, 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 Matt. yeah
1: you can't laugh about that <laughs> what do you mean it's deadly serious people have people have died yeah <laughs>
0: But Matt, tied over an easy everything is black and white, you know that Matt, 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 Matt. Ouch, listen shit.
1: I joke about everything I, 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 I don't give a damn about political correctness And what, what, <laughs> what they're telling me I can and can't say But you do not joke about <coughs> getting good at Dark Souls Oh God, George,
2: George is going nuts That
1: is just a line, nuts. do not cross
2: <laughs> George is going nuts
1: Ow, shit, I bumped the mic
2: I've never heard George to avoid. He was just possessed
0: by every cosplayer who's dressed up as Solid Snake over the years.
1: Don't make fun of gamers. <laughs> Fight for my rights. All right. All right. So, now that now that we've probably offended people again. Um let's let's talk about the people we offend. We got audience participation segments out yes. the wazoo in this episode. I, 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 Liam, what George well, just did
2: is made us all even. Now, now people hate George, so now we're all hated.
1: Dude, I hope so. I feel guilty that I don't get as much flack as you guys. Like, I genuinely
2: <laughs> no. do. Let's, I let's... never read the comments, so I'm... <laughs> it's dodging.
1: Okay, fine.
0: Let me say something that'll maybe get people to hate Please, me. Please, for the love of Christ, cut this shit out.
1: Uh, uh,
0: uh, ban felonies, release (laughs) all murderers from prison. Wait, wait. (laughs) we should explain that although we have our brand new quick fire Twitter segment where you can (laughs) fire your cannons at us and blast George like it's 97 in the face, we of course are still taking your emails for more long form, more quizzical, more... Tax the poor, subsidize the rich, more thoughtful... Questions. Kick your mom. So send them to Dan Sons Podcast at gmail.com if you have a long question. Be mean to a baby. Letters to the dadative. <laughs> Go away. Take it away, George Boy. Make a dog sad. Hate me for some reason, please. <laughs> Hit me more. <laughs> so our first question for this week
1: comes from Brandon J.
0: Brandon the King.
1: Brandon J. asks, I'm currently training to be an airline pilot and figured it's now time to get a flight sim. (laughs) But I was looking around on the Steam store and noticed a graveyard in this genre. Other than the duopoly of X-Plane and Microsoft Flight Sim X, the storefront is littered with low-quality products. Where have all the flight sims gone? What forces caused them to stop being prestigious projects, and why has the overall fidelity plateaued? How the heck is Farm Simulator more popular than Flight Simulator?
0: Long you get to drive a tractor... Hell yeah. Two is a really complicated airplane. <laughs> That's your so, answer.
1: I, um, I I again want to apologize and take all flack for picking and choosing questions here because this is something that appeals to me because I was really into flight simulators as a kid and went through a similar process. Time to take um, a break, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yep. See, this is another thing I feel really guilty about, Matt. How how you doing there, buddy?
2: <laughs> okay, okay I, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I I played uh my uncle had a flight sim, but he only had a hot. Everyone task.
1: had those uncles in the nineties. Yeah, Did he at Nintendo as well.
2: A hot ass. Yeah.
1: He had a hot ass.
2: He had a hot ass. Um, he didn't have Hell the yeah, full a setup. Like uncle. these dudes, let me tell you. I've built a computer for some of these dudes, and they buy everything, and they hook it up to the flight sim. Um, the best well, the best one that's out. Uh, I think it was similar um, I think it was similar to the the flight simulator X. Uh, there might be an, an open source one out there somewhere. I, I don't know, but yeah, they, they, they go crazy for it, but I think those types of people are very they not, they're not around. One
1: one thing I I want to also point out is the mass appeal of piloting seems to have gone down as well. Flight simulators used to be a much more casual, mainstream genre than than super hardcore stuff. Like if you go back to the early 90s and and play uh, Red Baron or um, the stuff that later became really complicated space sims like, like Wing Commander. There are flight sims on the Nintendo Entertainment System. There's uh there was a big appeal behind flying. I mean, there still is, but around the the turn of the 80s is when when supersonic fighter jets started to come into production, and and there there was the Gulf War and Operation Desert Storm, which were air wars where America suffered little to no casualties because they just bombed the shit out of people, and uh, that stuff had a mystique and an appeal to it. Then Top Gun came out around the turn of the 80s too, and um, when I was a kid. Everything about that that lifestyle and those machines had this nationalistic, patriotic allure to them that was extremely appealing to a kid. Also, flying is just damn cool by itself. But as as the years waned on and and the the, the militarism behind it waned as well, the 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 fan base also started having some very uh, uh, contradictory desires of, of wanting flight sims to both be incredibly more complicated but also still fun to play and i think the those are all factors that have to be considered when when trying to pinpoint how and why the genre uh did not retain its popularity over over the two past two decades yeah
0: i have no i've never played a flight sim in my life i Really? I know they are like a niche thing, but.
2: Yeah, it's pretty niche.
0: Just.
1: I remember it took a while for me to get it (laughs) off the ground. A thing to keep in mind is that the super serious hardcore flight simulators make a challenge out of just landing and taking off. And those are the kinds of games that kind of dominated the end of that genre's popularity up to and including its current existence in the market. Whereas, if you go back to the 90s, a lot more combat simulators were the primary jams and, and market leaders. And those are fun. Those, like, focus on dogfighting off of, like, how to break the trap of constantly flying in a circle around an enemy. And, uh, that's, there's like strategic things to consider of your maneuvers that seem to break, uh, that, that never ending loop of constantly being at your bad guy's tail. There's, there's some really interesting things that can go on in, in a three dimensional dogfight in which, inertia has to be maintained and turning radiuses are low that games really can tap into nowadays that they don't oftentimes do. Like Sid Meier made a turn-based flight <laughs> like combat strategy game where where you input maneuvers and uh and and decide whether or not you want to fall back on on the basic just circle around each other forever. There's 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 a nice stasis to that and and it's god it it really does make me a little sad and excited you can hear it in my voice about how much potential there is there nowadays man ace combat had me super hyped that uh yeah there's always ace combat yeah yeah there's always random. been ace combat ace combat i feel is is like a representative of what um more more normie flight sims used to look like back in the 90s like they really did skirt the arcade line more than than i think people give them credit for well
2: Congrats, Brandon. Uh, hopefully, you get your pilot license. I have a friend who uh, went to. Eh, he went to be a mechanic for airplanes. Uh, and he graduated, so, you know, good luck.
0: If you're training to be luck. a pilot anyway, wouldn't you be, like, using really high tech flight sims anyway?
1: Yeah, which limits the market that's further. Not- yeah.
0: Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Shouldn't complain, then. Yeah. yeah Gives a chance yeah. to play with, like, million-dollar equipment instead.
1: I still want to see my, like, triple-A production values, arcade uh pseudo-flight sim, but made for VR that can be played on a controller that you sit in your chair. And Ace so Combat Ace may be Combat. that. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I really Combat. do need to give AC7 a whirl. But reviews were not good enough for me to pick it out on launch. Reviews were good enough for me to wait for a sale, I so I'll be seeing that eventually.
0: Dude, was in Wh- it like low 49. 80s, high 70s? That's pretty damn good for a, a combat dog fighting game. Supposedly the VR mode is pretty fantastic.
1: It's sitting at a, at a flat 80. Well, That's pretty the other
0: for an Ace Combat series game.
1: The other thing is that I can plug it into Vorpex and play the actual our, our campaign the way it wasn't meant to be played in VR. <laughs> but yeah, you and have the knuckles and be able to use your fingers to flip switches. And... I'm I'm wondering what a what a dog fighting Super game good. would have to do to get that be in the '90s though. Like, what is it? What it, I I'd have to play to find out. But what is keeping it from? From reaching Probably that next having a cheesy notch.
0: Japanese story. I mean, this kinda... is ultimately an anime dogfighting game with CGI yeah. graphics.
1: Yeah. yeah, I love that trailer where where there's a like very serious BBC news announcer who looks at the screen and is like, "Tensions were rising today in the Balthazar Plains of the Kingdom of Amalfia yeah, as prisoners of PNG war were escorted." Flat,
0: the texture of a dog in it. Which is beautiful. <laughs> Wow. It's great.
1: <laughs> would you guys fly a plane? Oh, hell yeah. That was one of my childhood dreams. I I can't even handle the roller coasters at um, Six that Flags. That might be what I do after YouTube. I don't know. I got to do something. I would I don't.
0: wiggle the joystick around while the pilot is still firmly <laughs> in control.
1: Uh, that's, that's how you learn. I, I had one of those uncles as a kid, and this uncle actually owned an airplane that they rented a space at, at a local hangar, and they took me on a, on a little joyride around some, some, some Georgia topography. It was scary as hell, but I was having the time of my life. If I die in a plane crash, I think I'm pretty alright with that. That's a pretty cool way to go, so I've never felt... Scared of of being a pilot.
0: Send all sponsorships for a uh, uh, a cross country cons to dad <laughs> at gmail.com
1: Man, man, planes are cool. Sorry, my mind is wandering about how cool planes are. This is this is something that stuck with me. Planes are fucking awesome.
0: Well, I, I love feel planes. sorry for the next guy or person who is asking questions then, because you're oh, just gonna dear. it's just gonna be a downer <laughs> for you, George, isn't it?
1: Yaneth asks: Apparently, in the '80s, KFC ran a Christmas-themed ad in Japan, and to this day, the Japanese eat KFC on Christmas. That's actually not what Yaneth asks. He just linked to that. What Yaneth asks is: Explain that, Liam.
0: Uh, it's pretty much as you—it's pretty much as you put it. KFC somehow convinced everybody in Japan that eating KFC would be the right thing to do on Christmas Day, kind of like how Coca-Cola turned Father Christmas red when he was Ooh. originally green. Um. The, yeah, that's it. And now, and you'll be surprised to hear know this: that. people pre-order chicken for Christmas Day, and it's not just KFC because everybody wants what? to eat chicken on Christmas. All the combini's do it as well, what? so you can get like twelve family chicky breasts in a box for your family to eat on Christmas Day.
1: I remember. Do you do it? No, I I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> eat I eat fried chicken, like, every other day, <laughs> Christmas is like, I'm eating, like, traditional food on Christmas. Matt, you remember,
1: uh, <laughs> Scrib, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, when I, when I was, uh, making my plans to meet up with Scrib in Japan, I, um, it was, it was mid to late December, so I asked him, Oh, you know what we should do? We should go to KFC and get one of those Christmas dinners, and guess what his reply was? Right. Don't worry, man. I already got it reserved.
0: What? <laughs> Scrape, you disappoint me. How could you? That's going that's gonna full weeb, almost.
1: So, <laughs> I guilty as charged, I guess, because during that trip, I went to a KFC. I, I saw their little calendar KFC of, of reservations. KFC
0: fucking sucks as yeah, well. Yeah, it was not great. Oh, God. Like... The general Still better rule of thumb is that one, fast food in Japan is usually better than the fast food you have wherever it is you come from, right? So right. McDonald's in Japan is way better than McDonald's in the US and the UK. It's and less Wendy's greasy. and Burger King and stuff is pretty much the same because in Japan there's a general rule that they cook everything pretty fresh. Japanese with, standards, with, yeah, is a better breadcrumbs too, this kind of stuff, right? But KFC, for some reason is just worse.
1: The dynamic with KFC (laughs) I noticed in Japan is that it's greasier in Japan, but saltier in the States, so you're kind of damned either way.
0: It's just because Japan has so much fried chicken and fried food stuff that it just pales in comparison to even, like, Famichiki. I also wonder if
1: there's some desire to differentiate KFC from the rest of the fried chicken in Japan. (laughs) Because that was surprising.
0: Japan really likes fried chicken. Well, they do like fried... Salmon and stuff in KFCs in Japan.
1: Mm, salmon, mm, in Japan. yeah, it is. Mm. So they
0: do—they do try and differentiate it in some way, but yeah, they let everybody likes to dress the Colonel up in Santa outfits and stuff.
1: I can't believe that that's because of Coca-Cola. I, I Wikipedia'd it when you said it. It's real. That makes so much sense, and it's something I never would have even thought about. <sighs> Fuck yeah. you, advertisers!
0: Yep. He was green, and now he's red because of Coca-Cola
1: so i wonder if if red and green being colors associated with the ancient spiritual tradition of of the end of the year solstice festival is only because coca-cola started these ad campaigns in the like 20s and 30s
0: well the red for sure but yeah
2: that will be my costume for
0: halloween a green santa Santa. (laughs) i'm pre-coca-cola santa wonder 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 when
1: (laughs) father christmas became santa claus I, I remember he hearing married, my mom calling him that once, and when that seemed like a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Father Christmas? I've never, I've never said Father Christmas. It seems so weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the I, traditional I, I, English Christmas. name, so see, maybe I've Liam heard it more than us.
0: See, I definitely alternate between the two of them a lot, like Santa, Santa Claus, Father Christmas, but I definitely don't say Saint Nick.
1: Normally considered to be synonymous with American culture Santa Claus, which is now known worldwide. So, America got the culture victory, I guess.
2: I can't wait for Father Christmas to sneak into my house tonight.
1: Like Shrek?
0: you Coca-Cola, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, well, that's, that's about what we, should, what we should wrap us up on. If you would like to send in some comments, some suggestions, some thoughts, some feedback, some some kind words, or or not, I I I won't judge. <gasps> send them to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com.
0: Also, periodically check around Wednesday and Thursdays, depending on which one of us has messed their schedule up, to see if George has tweeted out a uh a little twitter segment thing so if you would like to Mm. get involved with that and send us a message or something or whatever george posts Mm. uh reply Mm -hmm. to it and you might get featured on the show
1: they're in the rapid fire rapid response uh uh, a fast fucking god how many alliterations can i come up through fast ads gotta go fast time to eat ass wow